Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the worst fucking podcast you've ever heard. Both mics. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to both mics. Welcome, everybody. I am Mike Sofka, and usually Mike Taylor is on the other side there, but we have another mic. So we're still technically both mics, so the show can still go on. He's affectionately known as Trey Sofka, though. Trey, how are you? I muted my mic, and I already blew it. That's all right. Uh, That's all right. I, I am well. I am well. Thanks for thanks for uh, the invite. Yeah, well, thank you for sitting in. Mike uh, Taylor on a cruise. He's uh, gone somewhere. I can't tell where. I, well, I could tell, but I could tell. Because what are you going to do about it? But, you know, I'd rather not give <laughs> out personal information there too much anyway. So, anyway, this weekend's Halloween. Are you dressing up? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm already in a what looks to be a flaming pumpkin patch. I don't is that fire? I can't even really tell. It looks like fire. your hair's on fire sometimes when you leave. Yeah, back. so my, my hair's on fire. I got pumpkins all around me. Some spooky looking uh, pumpkins around me. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the weekend. I like it. I like it. And of course, you can always chat with us in the chat if you're watching us live on twitch.tv slash both mics. Uh, Mike usually handles that part, Trey, so that's you today. So, gotcha. Okay. You know, because we have so many people chatting with us during the, during the oh, show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I wish. Hey, um, listen, uh, Halloween candy. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Do you like candy corn or? I'm not, not a big candy corn guy. I usually usually go towards the like the fruit-flavored candy, so like your Skittles, your Sour Patch, your Starburst. That's usually how I go, but... Um, I'm a sucker for the the pumpkin Reese's that they that they hand out the where it's like a, a Reese's cup but just fatter in the shape of a pumpkin, a lot more peanut butter inside. So, um, yeah, usually usually peanut butter chocolates and and fruit ones. I'm a sucker for. Do you, do you remember dressing up for Halloween as a little kid? Do you remember? Did you have a favorite Halloween character or something you dressed up as? Um, I I remember. God, I want to say I was like maybe six. I would think it was a white Power Ranger, like the Ninja Power Ranger from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was. Um, you could still do that today. That's still that's still relevant it's, today, it's right? Plays. Timeless. It's still play. It came back. Yeah. Um, I think one year I was an Urukai, one of the bad guys from Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, I've, I've had some cool ones. Any favorite? Uh, memories from halloween like you went to such and such house and it had full-size candy bars or something like that anything crazy stick out um the one that sticks out to me was going to uh going to grandma's house and you know grandma has a tendency to go above and beyond for holidays as she as she would and i remember one of the ha- one of the halloweens I believe it was like me me and uh, one of the cousins were like in in the yard area with like toy chainsaws and toy like like things that make made noise and spooked people so like while people were walking up to get a plethora of candy from from grandma we would go up there and spook them real good so that nice. was that was always nice that's funny that's that's always fun stuff i we used to do a thing the night before halloween when i was uh-huh. in new jersey when i was growing up and they uh it's known as cabbage night or mischief night or whatever and you used to you know, go out and soap up car windows and egg houses and toilet paper shit. You know, it's just, that's what you did. So Donna and I, 
were like four and five years old and we wanted to be big we didn't it was dark out but we wanted to go and have mischief night go out and soap up car windows some uh-huh. your grandma was like yeah okay go ahead yeah 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 here here's some soap you know here just go ahead so we went to the next door neighbor's house and started soaping up his windows on his car we got like one streak of soap in. what are you doing in my yard I don't know. and we went and ran back in the house that was it <laughs> So that was, that was the extent of it, huh? Your grandma thought it was pretty funny. We could have went anywhere and did anything with it. The next door neighbor started putting soap on his car window. We got busted. Surely he knew who you were too. So there was no anonymity. <laughs> yeah, well, that was see that was different. Halloween was different back then. It, maybe it was a region thing. Maybe I, I think it's a region thing because when Halloween would fall on a weekend day, woohoo! That was excitement because you could you could trick or treat all day. See, yeah. down here it doesn't really get started. I think it's because of the heat and chocolate and oh, stuff like that. One hundred percent. Yeah. But you have to wait till dark out, or you have to wait till nighttime, and then you know it's it's not getting darker very later. It doesn't get later earlier now. Does that make any sense? <laughs> so sure. you only get a well, you only get a couple hours trick or treating. But yeah. when we were growing up. If it was on a weekend, a man, or when, as soon as you come home from school, you'd go, you'd be dressed from school anyway. You'd have your costume right. on that you could wear to school, and you'd go and have parties all day at school. Then you'd go hit houses on the way home when you walked home. You, you know, not gonna walk past these houses without hitting them up for some candy. And then you got home, and then, you know, your grandma had to take us to her mom's and the other grandma, dad's mom, and all that stuff. So we'd make out at those places, but then we hit the neighborhood that they lived in too. So I mean, we was just all day. I mean, big. Yeah. You'd have to unload your pumpkin. You have to go back and unload it because you had the little plastic pumpkin. And you'd run back out again, and you'd hit the same houses again. Didn't I see you before? Oh, what? No, no, no. no. Me? <laughs> <laughs> and you knew which houses to go back to and which houses not to go. Oh, that one's raisins. Skip that one. Oh, that was, yeah. they give you pennies in a Ziploc bag. Skip that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think part, part of the reason with the Halloween, you mentioned Halloween just getting later and later, is that I think with the, direct, the decoration game, so to speak, has gone way over the top in recent years, and a lot of the decorations for Halloween get inspired from Christmas. So it's like the lights, the purple, the green, the orange, the spooky, the fog machine, the this, the that, the laser projector on the garage that shows a ghost that doesn't play during the daytime yeah so like you could you could have some some <clears throat> decorations out for halloween right but you're not getting full effect with right. all the lasers and the smoke and the this and that until it's nighttime so i think it's 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 a it's a little bit of everything put together that's kind of causing that shift but i've got to say um over the past four years of halloween last year excluded um we we would buy a bunch of candy to to give out to people. We were pumped. We were like, let's go. This is gonna be awesome. We're gonna see some sweet costumes. And three years combined, we had two trick or treaters come to our house. Yeah, that's the way it is lately here. And I'm in a neighborhood neighborhood. I mean, there's kids yeah. all over the place. But I think because a lot of uh, a lot of the schools and churches put on trunk or treat type things yeah. and safe Halloween and all this. But shoot. Mm-hmm. We'd go out. Well, I wouldn't come home to like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, you know, when I was, you know, right. eight years old or whatever. Uh-huh. With, with a pillowcase because the plastic pumpkin couldn't hold as much, you know. Yeah. And, and, and 
the the first year we were really bummed out because like we'd be checking the door everything yeah. and like we'd hear we'd hear a car drive by and we're like oh are those people and then it's like nope no people damn and it so i'm gonna have to eat all this candy yeah i know so the two people that the two kids that did come i loaded them up sure i was like what you get you get the half the bag that's right that's <laughs> you right. get whatever you want and it's it was uh it's it's funny because you mentioned oh no i have to eat all this candy We'd buy like some stuff we liked, so that in the event that nobody came, at least we had some snacks. We we had some right? we had some treats for the next couple of weeks. So, did, now, now did you do you remember going to houses where they're like they leave the candy out on a tray table and it's like take one or whatever? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you empty the bowl or no or what? I, you I left one. The bowl. I think I think the the extent of my mischief was taking two. If it said yes, take one. Yes. But I. So I, th- I think it was it was a big, big thing where if other people were like right behind us, I didn't want to empty the bowl and be like, screw you, sucker. <laughs> I got all the candy. I was like, I don't I don't want to be that guy. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't like that guy started so early. Do you remember going to houses where like there's they have a, a you know an elaborate setup and they maybe have like a scarecrow sitting in the chair. Then you get up there and it's a dude. And he's like, ah. Yeah, I remember that a couple times. Yeah, I always enjoyed those because because um, it was more than just go up, get the candy, bye bye. Like it was yeah. like having that little scare element made it more ex- of an experience. Right. It made it made it more memorable. So I love love when people do that. But um, yeah, I just think yeah, just I, I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions just based on my personal experience because I'm sure it's different for everyone. But it just seems like it's it's with the trunk or treats and with the school events and with the church events and all that, I just feel like it's, it's not as widespread as it was. And it's a little more dialed in. It's not as loosey goosey. Well, even when I was, you know, a kid, I mean, we're talking almost 50 years ago or so there was reports of people putting razor blades and apples and handing them out. So like we weren't allowed to eat any of the candy till it was inspected at the house. You know, that was a, that was a thing even back then. But I mean, nowadays there's crazy people out there. You can't just send your kids out, you know, your kids not dressed like they normally are. You can't tell them apart from anybody else. Should they go missing? And you're sending them to the stranger's house who are luring them in with candy. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 any other day of the year you're calling the police, but one day a year you're like, no, it's fine. Yeah, go ahead and ch- change the way you look too. Make it more difficult, you know. Yeah, dress up, yeah. Dress up like a Smurf, like all the other hundred kids, so it's really hard right. to find you. Yeah, yeah. S- Smurf, by the way, I love love that, love that. Nobody's been a Smurf for twenty five. <laughs> but but um my favorite is when people people are like oh they're putting they're putting drugs in candy there be careful yeah. you might get edibles nobody's doing nobody's that giving out their edibles stuff. yeah nobody's giving that stuff away are you kidding me the margin dollars for this edible bar here no yeah. i'm giving it's those fiscally out irresponsible to be doing that nobody's going to be doing that it's not a thing it's not real it's all that's fake well we used to get this um it was like they sold it in a roll and you'd unroll it and it was paper and it had like different color dots on it. And they were like candies yeah. and you eat them off the paper and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like wax lips and stuff like that was always fun. Yeah, I, I think I think I had that a couple times early early on, but I never got the appeal. I'm like, this sucks. This is way too much work. Like yeah. this, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a whole lot of nothing. Like it looks it looks 
better than it actually is because you see the paper and you're like, oh, there's so many. But then the dots are this big, microscopic. And it's like, this this isn't worth The juice isn't worth the squeeze on this. No way. <laughs> and then they used to have wacko stuff. Like there was these wax things that had like this toxic liquid inside in all different colors. Sometimes they'd be shaped yep. as bottles, whatever. Yep. You have to chew the wax off, drink the liquid. Then you'd chew on the wax for a while. And then they'd have candy cigarettes, man. Candy cigarettes. It came in a pack, and each cigarette candy was like gum or something. And when you got them first out of the pack, you could take that first one, and they had like a powder sugar on the outside, and you could blow through it, and it looked like smoke came out. And it was like, Jesus, that, that would not go today at all. I mean, jeez. No, big big tobacco had its uh, had its stranglehold on the candy scene for a minute. Bubblegum cigars and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, they were training you. Oh, yeah. So, hey, on Sunday, which is Halloween, they're saying yep. we may get um, a problem. We may have a problem with something called the solar flare. Have you heard about this? I've heard of solar flares. I don't know about this one in particular, though. Well, they say it's affected some parts of the world already. Um, this is according to NewYorkPost.com, so it must be true. Halloween solar flare headed for Earth could disrupt power grid. Hmm. So they're saying that the sun launched a massive solar flare yesterday that's headed in Earth's direction. The strongest storm seen in the current weather cycle. See, right now we're safe because it's night. So there's no solar flare going to come here. Yeah, there's no night. solar yeah. flare, please. Yeah. Get out of here. The volley of radiation may trigger the northern lights if it collides with our atmosphere and could cause major issues for power grids, experts suggest. NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory, which tracks the sun's activity, captured an image of the event at 11:35 Eastern. Yada yada. Of course, that's is, is that the image? I don't I don't know if that's the exact image. Uh, that's the image that goes with the story. So I'll I'll uh, give it that. Flares are ranked by letter, with the biggest labeled as X class. The smallest flares are A class. This one is considered to be an X class. So this is like a category five hurricane. This is oh. this is what it is. That picture there is a picture of a solar storm or, or flare coming off, but it's not clear whether that's the same one. Gotcha. So be warned, Halloween you might be without power. That'd be crazy, huh? Yeah. Have you have you seen the movie The Purge? Uh, no, but I know about it a little bit. I've seen highlights of it or whatever. Yeah, this is this this is uh, the makings of a little of a little purge movie here. Oh, is that what All happens? The, the power goes out on Halloween. There's there's been like five or six purge movies, so I'm sure this is the 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 uh, story for one of them. But like the the whole premise of the purge is that all crime is legal for 12 hours, and so one of the things that some of the bad guys do when they're out and about up to no good they cut the power on some places and that makes things a little spookier a little scarier so this has the makings of a real life purge situation so depending on where it's affected this could get very interesting yeah nowadays it you know like we talked about it's a different world nowadays you can't just send your kids out but then again do you really want your like we talked about do you really want your kids going around the neighborhood i mean i don't i, I mean i know my neighbors i know who they are i know some of them i don't know all of them and I don't know who they know that's over at their house, you know. I, I used to be a time where you'd go to somebody's house and sometimes they'd have like a haunted house set up in the front lawn or something and stuff. But you can't do that now. You can't do that. It's crazy. 
Yeah, so two two things on that. One, did you know insurance companies sell haunted house insurance? Shut up, really? Yeah, I, I swear. So if it, yep. So if you have, have like a haunted house that you have people go through, like in your front yard, because technically they're on your property, you could buy insurance for the day of Halloween, so that in the event that something does happen, you're you're covered. That's wow. a real thing that you know, some insurance companies do. So, well, you know that's that's a that's out there for a reason because somebody sued somebody. You know, one hundred percent. That if if the, if it exists, it exists for a reason. But something I wanted to touch on was you mentioned like you don't know who, who like who your who lives in your neighborhood, who they know. Honestly, it's like that. That not knowing has always been the not knowing. It's just you weren't aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the registries, all the all the different. There were still serial killers. You just didn't know about them necessarily. Of course, yeah. So it, it's not it's not like people are like, oh, there's a lot more pedophiles now than there are when I were growing up. No, no, no. Still the same amount. You just know about. Them. <laughs> that's, wow. that's the only difference. So. Wow. Well, so this may have an impact on the Earth's magnetic field as well, which in turn can disrupt power grids and communications networks. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about radiation. Apparently, radiation from a flare can't pass through the Earth's atmosphere. But I guess the mag, the magnetism, yada yada, yada yada. Let's okay. See. So we won't become the Incredible Hulk, but power might go out. Got it. The sun is currently at the start of a new 11-year solar cycle, which usually sees eruptions and flares grow more intensive and extreme, again, according to NewYorkPost.com. These events are expected to peak around 2025, and it's hoped the solar orbiter will observe them all as it aims to fly within 26 million miles of the sun. So they're putting something up there to measure this stuff. So that's good, I guess. I can't imagine being... 26 million miles away and that's close right <laughs> yeah it's right down the yeah. corner yeah yeah i'm five i'm five minutes away can we get an uber million... yeah yeah it's uh well well if i don't know if this is reassuring or or it ease of ease of mind but if the sun does blow up we'll never know it because it'll be like that we'll be gone instantly yeah so. Yeah, think about the, the, how, how big the sun is and how concentrated that thing is. If 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 anything seriously ever goes down, it's not like we're going to be staring at it as it slowly encroaches us. It's like no, no, no. It's it's going to be real quick. Right, right. Well, speaking of stuff like that, there's a chance that we're going to have um, an asteroid hit us sometime. Some some. I mean, it's it's just it's math at a certain point. Okay, but they're asking what would happen now. If an asteroid were going to hit, was going to hit Earth, there, there, there's hypotheticals out there as to how things would happen and our response and all this. And it brought me back to that movie because, jeez, uh, I forget the name of the movie. It had Bruce Willis and uh, Liv Tyler in it. Armageddon, not Armageddon. Was it Armageddon where they go up in a yeah. rocket or something? Yeah, they're trying to do. Well, NASA has they send, something. They send, they send miners to space instead of astronauts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I think they should send adults, not just minors. There you go. Boom. Nice. <laughs> I yeah, that 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 was great, Mike. All right, so listen, there's a thing called DART, and I looked it up and I found out what DART stood for, but now I'm drawing a blank, so I'm scanning through the thing. But there is something out there that they can shoot. They're thinking they can shoot down an asteroid. This is according to space.com. 
It's the NASA's DART asteroid deflection mission about to launch and a new movie asteroid disaster movie coming to Netflix. So these two things are happening simultaneously. I don't think it's a... You think it's a coincidence that the movie's coming out about a situation like this and now we have a way to do this, actually? Listen, that's that's phenomenal marketing. Tip of the hat to Netflix. Yeah. Tip of the hat. Double asteroid redirection test. DART. D-A-R-T. Double a asteroid redirection test. I don't now, want the test. I want the real thing, man. Right? Is it in the shape of a DART? See, these are things I want to know. I didn't see if is it being launched by a giant hand yes. like this, and just released at a certain point. Like, what's what's the launch look like on this thing? I, we have we have questions. We demand answers. It's scheduled to depart on November twenty third. The spacecraft will eventually slam into a small asteroid, orbiting a larger asteroid, to see if the maneuver will change its course or or so it orbits closer. The measurements of the moon's orbit will be made to see if the path shifted in partnership with a European space agency spacecraft. Here's my thing. If you're worried that the moon's orbit is going to be screwed up and you you, you even think you have to measure that, what does the moon control? It's, it's Our lunar cycles control the tides, the water, the Earth's two-thirds water. So if yeah. the moon's affected, we're affected. So I, I guess that's smart they're doing that, but... If, to me, if it's a remote possibility that you're going to affect the moon's orbit, stop. <laughs> stop. Right. Time out. Yeah. Well, I, I like I like when situations like this happen with asteroids and like you read the story, you're like, uh, Earth nearly got hit by this asteroid, and then you read it was only nine hundred thousand miles away. Close. It's like that. I feel like that's pretty good. Like if it if it was like a thousand miles away, I'd be like, oh damn, okay, <laughs> like okay, this is serious. But like, eh, nine hundred thousand—that's pretty good. That's that's not that close. That's the danger, you know. You, you, it sounds because for us, you either go three thousand miles and go coast to coast in this country, and you're like, oh man, it's far. Take you three days to drive that, or you know, going up and down the east coast and take you twenty four hours, you know, but. When you're in space, you're moving so much at greater speeds anyway. Your weight's different, yeah. your mass is different, your speed is different, velocity, all that stuff's different. The gravitational pulls of other large objects. I mean, it's crazy, man. I, I just, I want, I don't want the test version. D don't tell me about the test. You probably already know the answer if you have to measure the moon's loop, uh, orbit. Don't even tell me. The real question is, like, what... There's got to be, I feel like there's an ulterior motive with sending this to the asteroid. Absolutely. So it's like, is this really a launch test for something bigger, something badder? Like, what is this really for? Looking for more minerals, rare earth minerals, things that we have, things that we dig up, which are brought from other planets, like lithium, and which is a mm -hmm. huge thing now. Gold, huge. You know, all these minerals, they just didn't appear on Earth. They came from other We've had asteroids hit us in the past. We just weren't alive. We didn't know. So ideally, if an asteroid were to hit, where would be the best place in the world for it to hit that would cause like the least amount of issue? New Jersey. New Jersey. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm thinking like, like Nova Scotia can't, like somewhere way up north in Canada, or I feel like the middle of the ocean would be 
terrible because that it would the impact and then the ripple effect would be wild. Tsunamis, but, and tidal waves on both sides. Oh, it'd be it'd be absurd. But like if it landed in North Dakota, I think we can all shake our hands at that point. We're like, you know what? This is a fair compromise. This is that's fair. <laughs> well, they say like if the volcanoes in Yellowstone erupt. That could affect our entire country because of a, yeah. a cloud, and so I mean, even an asteroid, an impact, depending on how big it was, I guess it it could clog up the atmosphere, it could shadow out the sun, it can make the air unbreathable for long periods of time. I mean, there's a lot that can go on just from something thousands of miles away from us. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Send Bruce Willis up there. Get him. Go get him, Bruce. <laughs> get him up, get him up. Save us. Save us, Bruce. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of old guys in the news here, you heard about this Alec Baldwin thing? Yeah, I've, I've read a little bit about it. I was I was scrolling Twitter late one night when it first broke, and I'm like, what? what the, how the? Like I was like, what? What is? How does this even happen? Like what? What the heck? Why do you have live ammunition on a film set? I mean, who are you impressing? Yeah. What are you doing? They said they were they were shooting target practice. Uh huh. Now supposedly there's been. Four different people to handle the gun before Alec Baldwin fired the fatal shots here. Um, yeah. Armor Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, suspected property master Sarah Zachary, and assistant director David Halls all handled the gun before Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed Hel Helena Hutchins. Helena Hutchins. Mm. In Santa Fe, New yeah. Mexico, at Bonanza Creek Ranch. Here's my whole thing. They said they had problems on the set of this movie before the movie even started. Like two days before this, they even had complaints and people walking off the set. They said something about unsafe practices and so forth. And then they went on to name that people were actually leaving. They were people that are real movie people were like no we're leaving i mean you don't just leave a project you don't just leave money on the table especially nowadays so yeah i find it awkward and and weird that alex baldwin was the one to pull the trigger and he's like executive producer on this so mm -hmm. he could say well i didn't know and i didn't check the gun and all this stuff and you know he doesn't know any better or whatever that's fine yeah because he there's other people on a movie that are responsible for that but when you're the executive producer, you're in charge of the people who are responsible for that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're in a no-win situation there. And you yeah, killed somebody. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I, I was reading a little bit about this um, just because the whole the whole story is so, so, so bizarre. Um, I, I, th I think I read that, like, due to some of the... Um, some of the writer strikes and some of the actors and filmmaker strikes that have been going on that they had people that they normally wouldn't have had due to the strike on set taking care of some of these things. So it's one of those things where this tragic event kind of helps those people that were on strike because they're like, look, we've been on strike for a week and look what happened. Somebody died. Somebody died from a prop gun. Yeah. Like, you guys don't know what you're doing we know what we're doing like it's it's just crazy there's there's just so many different elements to it and i think one of the assistant directors had issues in the past on past movie sets with the way like prop guns and stuff were handled like not safely so it's just 
it's just bad, bad for everyone involved. It's just real bad. Well, they they've done some searching, they've had warrants, they've done some investigations, and uh, pretty much they they go on to say in this article here on FoxNews.com, so it must be true. The guns were secured in a safe on a prop truck. However, during the during lunch, ammunition was left unsecured on a cart on the set, according to the to search warrant. Zachary, let me roll back up, find out who Zachary is here. Sarah Zachary, she was the one first mentioned in this. She has a role in this gun here. So they say that according to her, to Zachary, who's believed to have served as the prop master. See, now when you're looking at the credits, you know what the prop master does now. Yeah, okay. now I know. So served as the prop master on Rust. That was the name of the, the production they were shooting. Removed the guns from the safe in the truck after lunch and handed them to somebody named Gutierrez. Gutierrez, 24, told authorities that only a few people knew the combination to the safe. She also had handled the gun. She, oh, she said that she handed the gun to Baldwin multiple times and also handled it, handed it to assistant director Dave Halls. Halls handed the gun to Baldwin before the fatal shooting per the warrant. So I guess they're wondering if there was any, you know, nefarious action with the gun. I think it was something stupid. I think they had the live ammo, and somebody yeah. saw the ammo laying there and went, oh, I better put this in this with the, you know, and didn't know the difference. And Yeah. Yeah, This, this I think this is one of those situations where I feel like the prop, what was it, the prop, was it a cart or was it like a, a storage locker, you said? It was in a in a locked combination safe in a props truck because they were out on location. Okay. okay, so for that, if they have, hey, first off, why do you even have live ammunition on the set? That's my point. <laughs> I, like, I, A, why is that there? And B, if you have live ammunition versus prop ammunition, you need to make the prop ammunition like fluorescent purple with, a, with an orange tip, straight up like a Nerf bullet. Just so there is no confusion whatsoever. Well, they, you can't actually pick it up. And nowadays, go. though, with the HD technology and all this stuff, you can see grains of sand. So they go for realistic-looking stuff. Like if somebody's pointing yeah. a gun right at you, you can look down. If it's one of those wheeled barrel guns, like a six-gun, you can actually see some of the bullets in there. And if it had a bright green tip on it or whatever, you would see that, I guess. See, I don't see. That's where I disagree. Have you ever seen a movie called Avatar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of CGI that can be implemented. Yeah, you can yeah, take yeah. out a little orange on the tip of a bullet if it means saving a cinematographer's life. Like, I just, I, I don't buy that. And, A, I, or another point, why have a real gun on set in the first place? Well, I've, I've been thinking about that, and I, I agree with that. And I, 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 I'm saying the same thing, but then I'm thinking about it. They were on location in New Mexico. You've been there, is there rattlesnakes and stuff like that around? But I would think you would have a guy for that, that he would have the only live gun, the one guy, the security guy. Okay, if we if we come up with a rattlesnake, we're gonna call you with the walkie-talkie, you're gonna come over and shoot it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The whole, it just seems like a very old school Hollywood mentality. Oh, we gotta have a real prop gun. We gotta have this, we gotta have that. No, you don't. <laughs> you just hold out your hand in front of a yeah. green screen. <laughs> like, listen, you can go on Twitter right now and say, hey, can someone Photoshop a gun in my hand? And it will be very real in 15 minutes flat. 
Like, especially when you have some of the pull that some of the, like Alec Baldwin, for example. Like, you, you're telling me he can't find somebody that's good with CGI? I don't know. It just seems like a very old-school Hollywood tactic. And um, this, I would not be surprised if this brings some sweeping change to how things like that are handled. Because and it's 2021, CGI is outstanding nowadays. I just don't see a need to, to really do that anymore. Well, maybe if you had a gun, you'd shoot one of these if you were a North Korean, because North Korea is apparently having some sort of food crisis. And according to NewYorkPost.com, North Koreans are being told to eat black swans. Okay. I've never eaten a black swan, but they say black swan meat is delicious and has medicinal value. The ruling party newspaper, Rodong Sinyom, said on Monday as it pushed the bird meat, which is rarely eaten anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I've heard people I, call I, that blue heron type bird the ribeye in the sky, but those are endangered and you can't hunt or kill those or eat those. But yeah. I don't know. Is this something that you think... I, this has got to be a real story. I mean, it's in New York Post. I mean, I don't believe the... I just... This, have you seen Have you seen the leader of North Korea? He's yeah. a chunky, chunky guy. I don't think there's a food shortage for him. <laughs> maybe, maybe for the rest of the country, maybe. But I, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm well, curious. Is it gonna be like? Uh, is it gonna? I, to me, just looking at the bird, it's got to be between duck and turkey, right? Okay. Like in terms of texture, in terms of flavor, it's got to be. All right, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. What's curious, though, is research into breeding the rare ornamental birds for food began in spring of 2019 with state-sponsored researchers even claiming the meat has anti-cancer properties. Eating swans is considered taboo throughout most parts of the world. They are seen as a bad omen by many in China. Interesting. So that could that could be a scare tactic by the North Koreans to China. Like, hey, hey, hey we're eating we're we're eating black swans. What are you going to do about it? Um, but the thing is, so was that was the anti-cancer research done by North Korean scientists? Yeah, you don't. I mean, you got to take that for what it is. I mean, that same yeah. that same head of head of the science department for the country of North Korea could probably get a job as lead janitor here in the states. You know, I mean. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you gotta be real careful, especially with uh, with uh, was his Un is it Kim Jong Un is that the, the I guy guess, who's in? Yeah, yep, Kim Jong Il, Kim Jong Un. I think he's Kim Jong Un, but supposedly he shot an eighteen in a round of golf one time. <laughs> so just is think that... about that whenever you hear anything coming coming out of North Korea. Was that at the, the Congo River raft drop or golf? No, no. The... Legit golf course. Par 72. He, he shot an 18. Oh, yeah. Par 72. He hit an 18 hole in one every single shot. So just just take it with a grain of salt. Um I don't know. I got to say like I despite all How'd the, you like, do? 50 under. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Casual, casual 50 under today. Not too shabby. Um yeah, I, I gotta say I'm curious about about what it tastes like. I, I don't think I'll ever have the opportunity, but I am. It's. It reminds me of that, that that movie Sacha Baron Cohen with the the dictator. Did you see that? Uh-huh. 
He's in the he's in the leg race and he turns around and shoots two guys as he's running. <laughs> yeah. He's winning all the events in the Olymp their own Olympics. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, this is being this is so crazy, this is gonna bring us right into something we do each week here. I know you've seen it, Trey, called the Alien Update, so stand by. Uh-huh. Alien. Where? He's an alien robot. You could be an alien robot, right? But not all robots are domestic. I computed the aliens. They are capable of sinister and dangerous acts. You weird alien man! Alright, alright. The alien update is all about the people on this planet that I think are aliens. Let me tell you, there's like 7 billion people on a planet. And there's like a handful of them that control most of the wealth and most of the technology. And they're bringing us as a society into the next great time period. I mean, think about how many things have been invented and done in the past couple of years. Think about these guys. You mean to tell me there's 7 billion people on the world and only like Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg and, and uh, 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 shoot, uh, Bill Gates. Uh, Richard mm-hmm. Branson, all these guys have all this technical knowledge. They're advancing technology and science beyond belief. And they're also, Elon Musk is worth like $300 billion. Don't tell yeah. me that, oh, he's just a smart guy. Bull crap. Something's ha- You're an alien, dude. You're an a- that's, the only, that's the only answer I, I accept on this stuff. Your thoughts. Um, I think there are, definitely, there are definitely aliens roaming among us. Have you seen the... Um, there's a documentary. It's called. Uh, it's about Bob Lazar. Yeah. You know, Bob, yeah. Bob Lazar. So there's a there's a documentary because we went to uh, when we were traveling earlier this year. We went to Roswell, and we were, we were checking out that city. And so um, the day before we went, we watched the documentary Bob Lazar. I think it's called Area 51 and Flying Saucers, and it, he was like this super super smart scientist. Uh, if not MIT, something very close to it. Like he would, he had the credentials. He got hired on to uh, to work for the government, and he said that he was working on alien spacecraft that they were like reverse engineering to try to figure out how it worked and how they can use it. And it was, it's just a super interesting watch. Won't, not going to butcher the details here, but I definitely think there are those individuals among us. I just don't think that they would be uh, front center. Like these guys are, I think they're the guy. The, the aliens would be the guys behind the guys, behind oh, those I, guys. Oh, I, I get it. I get so, it. So, um, I definitely think it's it's out there, and there there is some. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of foreign technology that exists on planet Earth that we have no idea about that came from elsewhere. Well, I I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Especially if you ever watch those ancient alien shows. Oh yeah. You know, you, you, you want to know what's funny to me about that ancient alien stuff? It's on the History Channel. Right. It's like, okay, what are you telling me here? Are you are you just because you're televised? You know, like, I, anyway. Anyway, speaking of one of those guys that I, I talked about, there's uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He's, they're changing the name of Facebook to Meta. Well, mm-hmm. they're changing the parent company. And apparently this has something to do with their new thing that they're coming out with called the Metaverse. Have you heard about this? I saw a brief video of it. It, I, I was scroll, scrolling through and I was like, I don't know. I'm out. 
Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, and I don't know if this is funny or not, but uh, to be precise, meta is pronounced like the feminine form of a Hebrew word, which is dead. It means dead. Okay. So okay. I don't understand how they didn't cross-check that or how they, did, how they don't know that meta means dead or they, they just don't care or is that part yeah. of the... Is that part of the alien thing? Like some of the alien technology belongs to the Jews, some of it's to the Muslims. Some of, I mean, what are we doing here? I don't know. Maybe maybe this is Facebook's way of saying that um, even even beyond death, you will exist in the metaverse. Well, I that saw could, could, a little tip of the cap there. I well, I saw something they do, and it's something like uh, a meetings type situation. I don't know. You know, nowadays with the lockdowns and everything, we've had Zoom, Skype, and all these uh, meetings is one, I think. And the Facebook one that I saw shows, the, looks like a boardroom sitting around, and there's a TV screen. But all the people are cut off, like, at the waist. But they look like Lego people, cut off at the waist, you know. And you, you okay. can develop your own character and all this stuff. Are they going to take this even further, though, is my question. Are they going to take this to... I imagine the porn industry would be very interested in this technology. I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure out where what else, what's going to be the next thing because of this is happening. This metaverse is it going to be a thing where we're going to lose people to the metaverse because they're going to be so enthralled and so wrapped up in it mentally. I mean, it's almost like that nowadays with the internet. People get caught in these yeah. fake realities. Now we're adding pictures and faces to it. I mean, yeah, in real time. Yeah, did you ever see the movie uh, Ready Player One? No. So it's very, it, it, I'm getting very Ready Player One vibes from this, where it's kind of what you mentioned, how people become so absorbed in this virtual world that their real world is just in absolute shambles. Like their, their, their real life living conditions are terrible, but their virtual life living conditions are amazing. So like that's what they care about. So it, it's, it's a little... So it's a little reminiscent of that in that um, it's kind of escaping the real for the not real, but then the not real becomes the real for these people. Well, so then will they have a not real escape within their new real? So it's like the, the meta within the metaverse. Like, it, like at what point does it stop? Well, it's interesting that we're talking about this because uh, according to BBC, net addiction is a real problem. They're, they're talking about people who have struggled with online addiction for over 10 years and they've told their family they had jobs that they didn't have and they were doing this and doing that because they were just so wrapped up in the internet between gaming and between doing things and, and finding things out or just, I, I guess, people have become more shut down more shut in with this pandemic and everything that they think that you could be addicted to the internet i guess you could be addicted to anything then huh yeah i i, I definitely think so um and i i can see that um just because from like you you look at the internet it's a it's a definitely a form of instant gratification so you want to laugh you go to youtube you type in uh guy falling off ladder like <laughs> you find a thousand videos of guy falling off a ladder into a swimming pool and you're like ha, 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 yeah there it is so it's an instant gratification thing so anything you want you can find um and it's it, the internet is the best and worst thing 
to ever happen because it opens up literally the entire world to everything. But then it also opens up the entire world to everything. Lisa and I were watching something on Netflix about, you know, old times and old medical practices and lobotomies and stuff like that. And we weren't watching it for the gore aspect. It was just interesting that... You know, 150 years ago or so, this this was the practice. Now, if you took somebody from that 150 years ago and you put them on our planet now, and you, oh yeah, and they they know nothing but that time from 150 years ago, they'd be so overwhelmed, I think. And I think that's why, like when we talked about the alien situation before, and now this technology has been slowly trickled out over the yep. years. We couldn't handle it all at one time, man. We'd go crazy. Yeah. The whole world would be insane. So they have to piece by piece put it out there. You can't do the whole thing at once. Yeah, you don't even have to do the 150 years. Like, honestly, like, you can... There are people that get out of prison serving 25, 30-year sentences. So think, 30 years ago, they went into prison in 1991. No cell phones, no nothing really no, for no most phones, part. No yeah. nothing. The, the internet was, cons like, very conceptual was no obviously nowhere near what it is now so you could imagine the world that these people are coming into they're getting like serving their 30-year sentence getting out now after going in in 91 like i could only imagine the the like the i don't want to say trauma but like it's a lot <laughs> it's it's a lot to come into it's like oh no you don't have to it's not a landline anymore. It's a mobile computer where you can look up anything you want in your pocket. Like Didn't you ever ride Space Mountain? Before you went on Space Mountain, it was there in that little room. They showed you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Um, Haven't you watched Star Trek from the 60s? Yeah, they had little telecommunicators. And we phased in places. They sucked you up into another place. Yeah. Name whatever you want. You can find it. It's out there. So... Um, yeah, it's 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 super interesting to because going back to the the addictive personalities and like people being addicted, I think it's I don't, I don't know I I, I kind of go back and forth because I I feel like it is something you should be sympathetic about, but at the same time you got to have that like some level of self control and you got to have some level of a personal accountability for it. So it's like. I don't know. I don't, well, it's just I don't like know anything else. Every you, you can do anything you want, just as long as you do it in moderation. Because anything you do, if I ate five hundred pounds of chocolate, I'd probably die. You know, I mean, I like chocolate, but I can't yeah. sit down and eat five hundred pounds of it all at one time. It's not good for me. I know that. Everybody knows that. So I think sitting in front of the internet, sitting with our phones, which are now connected to the internet, doing things with these electronics, we've. You know, well, what's five more minutes? Well, what's another hour? Well, I've already been right. up till four in the morning. I got to get up at six. I might as well stay up all night. You know, I mean, this is yeah. this is where we're at. On top of the yeah. fact that you had mentioned about instant gratification. You know, when I was little, we didn't have a microwave oven. Didn't have it. When I was right. like almost 20 years old, late teens, 16 or whatever, then we got our first microwave oven. And it was so exciting because you could microwave stuff and you didn't have to cook stuff for the long, it wasn't this long drawn out process. Nowadays, you uh -huh. stand in front of the microwave going, come on, I don't have all minute, let's go. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's wrap this up, come on. Yeah, I just, it's crazy how far we've come. So I imagine a, a time traveler from the past to the future. Imagine it was the opposite though. Somebody from the future comes back to this time period and they're like, 
you ain't seen nothing yet. You just wait. Wait till this thing comes out. Oh, so and so, he ends up dying. He he's killed by so and so. You know, and I, shut up. No way. Yeah. I, if I had told you in 2019 that the world's economy would be shut down, everyone would be told to stay in their house and don't go out without a covering on your face. You'd have told me I was insane. You said no friggin' way. Stop. You're no, yeah. no way, no way. Now look back. Yeah. Yeah, time, times change quickly. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah it, it's it's super interesting because, like, with the Internet as well, it gets people out of their bubble but keeps people in their bubble at the same time, if that makes sense. So it exposes people to different ideas and different people that they may have never met because otherwise, 60, 70, 80 years ago, you knew the people you lived next to and you worked with. That was about it. Now, you can you can – Connect with people who live in Belgium. Connect with people who live yeah. in Japan. Connect in with real people time. In real time. And you, you could play video games with these people and, and hang out with these people and get to know these people. So, yeah, yeah it's it, it's like the the Internet is limitless, but it's 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 a good thing and a bad thing. Like it's it's so interesting to, to sit and think about. Well, the internet has done a lot of things, but when you're locked up and cooped up, sometimes you have those get off my lawn moments. So we're gonna talk about get off my lawn here in just a second. Get off my lawn. Not in this lifetime, Sonny. Well, I think you're an overeducated 27-year-old version. There's a Mexican, a Jew, and a colored guy go into a bar. The bartender looks up and says, get the fuck out of here. Get off my lawn. Used to stack fucks like you five feet high in Korea. Use you for sandbags. Can't you people just leave me alone? Get off my lawn. You'd think the cold would keep all the idiots out. What are all you fish heads looking at anyway? Get off my lawn. Uh, you people are nuts. I knew you were a dipshit the first time I ever saw you. You're wrong, egg roll. I know exactly what I'm talking about. You're letting click clack ding dong. All right, so this episode of Get Off My Lawn, and Get Off My Lawn is kind of, it's exactly what you think it is. I mean, okay, take a look at this guy right here. Talk about Smurfs before. He looks like Papa Smurf, about 80 years old, right? White beard, balding head. All right, this guy's from Rogersville in Hawkins County, which is in Tennessee. Are you familiar? I know you lived in that area for a while. Hawkins County, it sounds familiar. Let me let me do a quick little search to see if I... Uh, an 88-year-old Hawkins County man was charged with four counts of aggravated assault Monday evening after he allegedly fired a shotgun at his neighbor's residence over a loud music dispute. Police... I mean, I hate to laugh, but... Police say that when deputies arrived to investigate the initial shots fired complaint... Otis Vernon Robinson, 88, of 277 Perry Smith Road, Rogersville, then fired shots again, hitting the neighbor's mobile home and nearly hitting a father and son and two deputies. This is the ultimate get off my lawn guy. Yeah, this guy, this guy's a dumb old man. That's what they, he is. They weren't even on his lawn. They were just, right. just saying stuff loud. Right. I'm, and I'm guessing if you're in Tennessee in a place like this and it's a mobile home, it's not like a housing community nowadays where they're like, boom, 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 right on top. I trust there's a little bit of acreage, you know? Yeah. Go in your house and turn your TV up. I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's the thing. His TV was prob probably already all the way up. 
was, to to listen to his stories. He probably has to crank that thing to eleven. Um, but yeah, this this guy, you know what? He deserves everything he's got coming to him. Dumb old man. But he's eighty eight years old. How do you live to be eighty eight and not make mistakes like this? And then you're eighty eight and then you do shit like this. I that's like pissed everything away i don't understand i mean I, I i hope i never find out i mean this guy's saying that um they're saying he checked this out robinson spent the night in the hawkins county jail and was arraigned tuesday morning in hawkins county sessions court on four counts of aggravated assault which is a class c felony punishable by three to six years of if convicted this that's it he could spend the rest of his life in jail actually yeah yeah, absolutely, and um, I know I know. Sometimes I, I encountered encountered this sometimes when I through various jobs I've had where um, I've worked with some crabby old men, and they're like, "Oh, that's just John. He's old." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. He <laughs> doesn't give him permission." <laughs> I'm like, "Don't enable him. He's an asshole. Is he, is he, is he old? Yes. Don't enable him. Don't." Don't give him an excuse. Like, no. He's, he's a piece of garbage. Just call it how it is. It, it's one of those things where, like, if I was acting the way this guy was acting, right. would you call me, oh, he's just young? No. You'd call me an asshole. So it's like, call it, call it how it is. Don't, don't forgive these guys. Don't, don't enable them. Don't, don't, yeah, like, this guy deserves everything he's got coming to him. Absolutely everything. Well, speaking of assholes... This person was a victim of something somebody did. Thai police say that a woman cut a rope holding two window cleaners, 26 floors in the air. No, painters, not window cleaners, painters. So they're on like this scaffolding with the ropes and stuff. Yeah. There's two guys yeah. on one of these. They're painting the outside of the building. And a woman who apparently was agitated that they were out there doing this on the high-rise condominium in Thailand. This is according to KSL.com. She, she, she was angry she wasn't told they would be doing the work. So she opened up the window and cut the rope on one of those. And these guys are dangling for their lives. Twenty. I, I just... When will it end? When will the stupidity stop? Yeah, it's... Is, is that like, the Disney what? effect? Is that because when you go to Disney, everything's clean and everybody acts a certain way and you expect as if. I told this story many times before. I worked at Yellowstone National Park one summer as a teen and every year they said somebody would try to put their kid on a bison for a photo op and the bison would gore the kid and they'd be all upset. Why did this happen? You put your kid on a wild animal. Why do you... So my question is, as a society, have we through video games, through uh, horror flicks, whatever. Are we that desensitized that we can just cut the rope on somebody and go, get the hell out of here? Is it not affect us anymore? I think it, I think it very well could. I think that's that's a good point because it's, like, I think, like, with, with, with this lady in particular, here's what I'm interested in. What's the best case scenario for you cutting the rope? <laughs> what happened? I don't think either one of these guys died, so I think that's the best case scenario. So if this is the best case scenario, like, like I'm just curious how she thought it would play out. Well, she's a 34-year-old woman. She first denied she was responsible, and then police sent the severed rope for fingerprint and DNA analysis. She could face up to 20 years in prison if found guilty on a charge of attempted murder. Yeah, absolutely that's attempted murder, 100%. 
crazy. Well, I might as well keep the crazy train going here. You ever look at somebody's photo and go, yeah, he did it. Yeah, that guy did it. All the time. <laughs> I think this guy did this. And what caught me, what attracted me to this story is the headline. Man arrested in stolen Ricky Bobby racing suit. Hang on, I'm bringing up the thing. All of a sudden, my thing's slow here. After a wild crime spree. So this, this guy, this is in Clackamas County, Oregon. A 25-year-old man is behind bars on numerous charges, according to KPTV.com, after a wild crime spree that ended when he was arrested while wearing a stolen Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights racing suit. What is wrong with people? What has happened? Now, we talked. We touched on this before. Could this be a viral marketing attempt for for a video for a TV show that's coming out? Because that there's a lot of buzzwords you just hit there. Yeah, crime free. Yeah, Ricky Bobby costume. There's a lot of there's a lot of conveniently placed buzzwords there. I'm just saying. Well, apparently this guy went on a crime spree. He stole a pickup truck. He had some woman with him. They ended up uh, trying to use spike sticks on him. They found weapons on him. And apparently he robbed people and did all this. I just, this is what he's charged with, okay? He just wanted to go fast. Attempted assault, attempt to elude a police officer. Failure to perform driver something. Burglary. Failure to appear unlawful use of a weapon. Failure to... He had outstanding warrants already. His bail set at like $342,500. Oh, yeah. So, I, I just... I, I mean, I know people snap. I know stuff happens. I, I get it. People have bad days. I mean, I get yep. it. You know, you, you wake up tomorrow and you try again. You know, I just... The Ricky Bobby suit really got me. <laughs> Why bring Will Ferrell into this? He didn't do anything. Listen, if if you ain't first, you're last. So That's... he's trying to set he's trying to set the record for most charges he could possibly rack up under a single arrest. He was uh he, he there's was it like a Grand Theft Auto and Saints Row, like some mission <laughs> yes. damage and havoc as possible. He's just living his best life, living a real life Grand Theft Auto. He wanted to experience it. Unfortunately, it looks like you won't be experiencing much after that, but... <laughs> wow. Well, I've let time totally get away from us. we got like 60 seconds left here, so I'm going to throw us to the outro here in a second. But anybody you want to give a shout-out to this is normally what we do in about 10 seconds or less here. Um, Nothing, nothing really comes to mind, honestly. Um, yeah, thanks again for having me on. This was fun talking yeah. shop with well, you. Well, if you're, if you're watching us on twitch.tv slash both mics, we're going to be back in five minutes with a second live show here. And uh, this has been episode 68. We're going to be going to 69 here. And I look forward to seeing everybody back here in just a minute.